If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. All right, welcome back. Look, in, in responding to a, a situation like we're dealing with with this pandemic, there, there are a lot of uh, ethical questions and dilemmas that arise. And, and certainly the one that everyone's trying to avoid is the one we've seen in Italy, where you, you've got a situation where it's beyond the capacity of the healthcare system, beyond the availability of, of ventilators, and doctors are having to make really tough life and death decisions about who gets treatment and who doesn't. So it's the sort of thing that, that hospitals are planning for and really hoping to avoid. That's one side of it. Uh, as well when it comes to responding to this pandemic and the rush that's underway now to develop more and better testing, better treatments, uh, and ultimately a vaccine. Things are, are proceeding at a very rapid pace. There's some urgency to it, but does that or can that justify skipping steps along the way or, or taking shortcuts? So there's some big, big questions we're grappling with in all of this. Joining us uh, for some further perspective uh, on these matters, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, Dr. Arthur Kaplan, founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU School of Medicine in New York City. Professor Kaplan, thank you so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Obviously, tough, tough situation where you are and everything New York City is grappling with. So hopefully you're keeping well through all of this. But just talk a bit about uh, your sense of what's happening where you are. Well, it's getting tough because we're starting to go up that uh, curve. And it looks not promising in terms of tamping down the uh, pandemic, kind of Wuhan or worse uh, mm-hmm. levels of uh, infectivity and therefore people needing hospital services. And I think, you know, the big challenge is a surge on the system would overwhelm it. It's not that if we can uh, tamp it down by staying isolated, we're not going to have cases, but we don't want them all at once. The hospitals are getting ready, uh, trying to stretch out services. You know, our armed forces uh, hospital ship is here. We have uh, facilities opening up in convention centers. Even in the park, in Central Park, they've opened up some tent uh, places and uh, we're trying to conserve equipment. So if we get a big crunch, we can share that out. But we don't have enough ventilators, and we don't have enough protective gear for a gigantic surge. And I think that's what everybody's worried about happening in the next week or so. Right, and I mean it's something that you know you, you need to anticipate and start deciding ahead of time what kind of decisions are going to have to be made. How how are hospitals and and medical professionals how are they grappling with that? Well, you know, the U.S., unlike Canada, doesn't have much of a centralized planning thing. You have it at the provincial level and a little bit at the national level. We just have mm-hmm. a zillion independent hospitals. Right. And while you wait for guidance about how to ration or triage from, say, the state, we not don't seem to get anything coming out of the White House, um, what's really happening is each hospital is starting to make up policies about what they're going to do. We are, too. And I mean, it's it almost seems like an impossible dilemma. I mean, what what kind of guidance? I mean, given your own background in, in dealing with these matters, mm. we can or, or would you provide? 
Well, you know, I've rationed healthcare resources for many years because we've had to do it, Canada does too, with organ transplants, yeah. right? There aren't right. enough of them. People die every day. You make life and death decisions. And what we try to do there is make sure we get the most lives saved for the supply of organs we've got. And I'm going to say that's the principle that you start with here, and I think it's one that most New York City hospitals are going to start with, and that is you make a judgment. Is this person really, really sick? Do they have five underlying diseases? In some cases, if they're over 85, we know that their survival, if they need a ventilator, is not good just based on age, period. They're not likely to do well. So that's where you begin. You try to make a forecast and say, look, we'll be fair. Everybody will get considered, but biology, physiology, underlying chronic illnesses, age, those factors are going to weigh in. You know, and obviously we're trying to catch up to this virus. I mean, eventually we will, but, um, you know, as they say, the, the cavalry's not yet here. Mm -hmm. uh, the additional testing, the treatments, the vaccine, ultimately. And it, it, it's quite remarkable to see already the pace that, that all of this is unfolding. But what, what do you see as potential ethical dilemmas along the way when it comes to doing this as, as quickly as we are? Well, one thing is don't pay attention to cures and miracle potions on the Internet. There aren't any cures or miracle yeah. potions. I see people promoting them and selling them, you know, drink bleach, drink silver solution. It's all nonsense. Don't fall for it. It's just people making a buck off of fear. Yeah. There are medicines that we do want to try, some Canadian uh, in terms of where they're made, but they have to be studied. Unlike President Trump, I don't believe there's anything with strong evidence to say we should give it to people right now. We could actually kill you if you're very sick in ways we don't understand by trying medicines willy-nilly. So we want to try and study them and give, you know, maybe 20 people one thing and 20 people another thing and another 20 people a third thing and see what happens, keeping track of when you get it. And also to see if anything prevents you from, you know, if you're exposed to the virus, from getting the virus. That's another important area to study. We do have a study of some drugs now right at NYU doing that. So, you know, you're exposed to someone daily who's known to be infected, but you're not. Could we slow the infection rate down? So those things you got to plan for and set in place, too. Um, you know, yeah, well, I mean, and that's the thing, too. Even when it comes to proper clinical trials to understand, uh, you know, a certain drug's effectiveness, those those take time. And ideally, you have as large a control group as possible. Uh, you can take the time to, to try to replicate that study. Mm -hmm. There's such urgency here that there's that temptation, isn't there, that, that we got to cut this short. we got to make this as, as quick as possible. we got to get an right. answer as soon as possible. Well, luckily, you and where you are have the advantage of a little time to organize the studies. In New York, if there's a zillion people at the ER next week, it's going to be hard to organize a study and get that done while they're trying to take care of everybody. So I would say use the time prudently, set up the trial, say at this hospital we'll try X, at this hospital we'll try Y, at this hospital we'll try Z, and here's how much we'll give. And I hope the healthcare teams are thinking about that now. You have time. What about on the, va on the vaccine side? Because ultimately, that, that's kind of our long-term answer to dealing with this problem. And, I mean, it's been remarkable already to see the work being done. You know, human clinical trials are already very close uh, for some potential yeah. candidates. But that's another thing, too, where there's a process for developing and testing well, and approving a vaccine. something about mm -hmm. that? I never want to hear any anti-vaccine blather again. I mean, yeah. I've been fighting it for years. People saying, I don't want to take a vaccine. I'm afraid of the vaccine. It causes autism. Do you know the only answer to this thing is a vaccine? 
period, end of story. If you ever wanted to know why vaccination was important, the only answer to this isn't treatments, because then you just have to keep treating and you're spending a fortune and people are still sick. It's vaccination. That is the answer. It's just like polio. We're living through the polio epidemic and the need to come up with one. So if you were an anti-vaxxer, you had vaccine fears, not the time to ever hear from you. Never. I hope we get a vaccine. It's going to be... A gamble. I think there are a lot of places working to find one, but you know, there's no guarantee. It took, uh, we never came up with an AIDS vaccine. We have medicines. We have to give them every day. They're expensive, but we never got one. So there's no guarantee, but I hope we get it. And if we do get it, I'll tell you what the policy should be. Mandatory, unless you have a medical excuse. End of story. I mean, it's, it's, it speaks, though, to the point about making sure we get it right. And it's possible that some candidates will maybe turn out not, not to be as, as hoped yeah. or, you know, well, if, if you know, things are rushed, right? we we got to get it right. The would be no vaccine. The worst news yeah. would be we get a vaccine that's like 40% effective like we have with the flu. You know, we want 100%, but uh, we're trying to get people to take the flu vaccine, which causes a lot of havoc as well, and they don't. Mm-hmm. But it is true that it's only about 40% effective. Right. And even best case scenario, we're, we're still probably at least a year away from, from having a vaccine. No, yes. And here's why. It will take a year, even if you found a vaccine tomorrow morning, to make 300 million, 500 million, a billion doses. There's not like factories ready to go to start grinding out that volume. So that's what will take a while. Yeah. Well, we'll leave it there. Uh, Professor Kaplan, always appreciate your insight on this stuff. And uh, again, hey, thanks, thanks for making for some time me. for us here. Be well. All the best to you. There you go. That's uh, Arthur Kaplan, um, leading a medical and bioethicist. He is the uh, doctors William F. and Virginia Connolly Mitty Professor and founding head of the Division of Medical Ethics at NYU School of Medicine in New York City. Our number here, 403-974-8255-974-TALK. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.